This episode and most episodes of A Beer With are recorded live in Diffuse Studios. Okay, guys, we've been doing heaps of vocal recordings in the studio. Um, you can probably hear that this quality that you're hearing now is slightly different to some of the other podcasts um, with the intros. I'm now sort of using some of our mics to record, uh, whereas in the past I have just been using my room recorder, uh, the H4N, which is a Zoom. Um, now I'm actually using, for the intros and outros, a proper microphone, a proper Rode mic. Um, so if you need vocals done, or you want to do vocal recordings, uh, tracking, or anything like that, we've got an awesome vocal booth that we can use. Um, and at the moment, we're still doing the offer of $35 an hour. A lot of people are taking it up, so it probably will go up soon. Um, but it's $35 an hour, and that's a flat rate for recording. Uh, and that includes either Johnny or myself to be here to help you record that session as well. Um, so we're throwing in the engineer, engineer for free, um, but that will be something that we're looking at changing soon because we are getting lots of interest. But if it's something you need and you want to get in touch, just go to the website. It's www.difusedstudios.com. You can go to the contact form, get in touch with us. Otherwise, you can get in touch with us on all our other social media. Just look up Diffuse Studios, um, the way I've spelt it there. So D-I-F-F-U-S-Z-E-D Studios. Make sure you go there, look us up, and get in contact. All right, guys, Dad's Beer Fridge. Again, I say it every week, great sponsors, love their shirts, uh, the designs. They've always got new ones coming out. Um, if you love a good pun... If you love something to do with beer, it's all Aussie humor, make sure you go check it out. It's dadsbeerfridge.com.au. Go check out the website there. Heaps of designs. Um, you can follow them on their Instagram page as well. Um, so just go to dadsbeerfridge.com.au. It's all the links there to everything. They've got all their shirt designs, um, some really cool and funny uh, sort of topical ones at the moment, especially um, sort of po they're probably political slightly as well. Um, and then you've also got, you know, all the beer puns, the Dalai Lager, the Oprah Tin Free, um, all of these different puns to do with beer. Uh, quite simple, simple shirts, so you can sort of just – Wear them, wear them out anywhere, really. Um, but, you know, go check them out. Great quality. They feel great. I love wearing mine everywhere. Dadsbeerfridge.com.au. Go check them out today. All right, guys, so for this one, I've got Mickey Blue in. We've known each other for quite a while, so let's run that music and get this episode underway. Hi guys, welcome back. This is another episode of A Beer With. I'm your host Jai, and today on the episode we have Mickey Blue. Now, Michaela and I have known each other for a little while, as you hear in this episode. Um, you know, we talk about so many things. We talk about your shot, we talk about how she got started in music, you know, going to uni um, at 16 and studying music. Um, I didn't know that about her, but that, that's a cool little fact, um, you know, and everything she's experienced. Um, you know, in the scene for as long as she have. How it was maybe back then as opposed to how it is now, particularly for girls uh, in the industry. So it has changed a lot according to her and we go into that a little bit in this episode as well. Um, you know, we talk about music production, DJing, everything that goes along with the industry uh, and so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. I really love this one as well. So uh, let's get this one going. So as always, sit back, crack a beer if you have one and enjoy the episode. This is A Beer with Mickey Blue. Cheers. So we were talking before the podcast started about getting older. 
Let's talk about that a little bit. I want to know, like, what's um, if you could give yourself any advice when you first like started DJing or something like that. What time? What would you? What would you give? That's deep. I know it's a That's good question um, because we're talking about how there's like, yeah, it's like you know, friends don't come out as much and they choose their sort of nights to come out and support and stuff. Yeah. Is there anything you can think of to? Well, you, you should have this locked. No, I you're, do. You're a, you're a your shot trainer. There's so. probably too many things to yeah. say. I do. I repeat so many things to my your shot students as well. And one of the biggest things is just don't be a dick. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we'll come back to that. But um, the I think that the biggest thing because I was 18 ish when I started. Yeah. And like we were talking about before, it's really easy to get caught up with like your friends stop coming out all the time because they're kind of like. Sick of going out. As yeah. you, you kind of, that happens, right? And I think when you start, it kind of s- tends to upset you. And you kind of take that as, oh, they don't care or my friends don't support me. And you see it all the time. Like, people are always ranting about, like, support your friends and stuff. But there are other ways to do that. I, I think that that is something that I wish that I knew when I was 18 is, like, don't get upset about that stuff. Yeah. But also that, that was kind of part of the process. Yeah. Like, like you had to you had to learn that the, the hard way. Yeah. Um, But I think I probably lost, like, I lost a lot of friends at the beginning. Yeah. But it, it was kind of, like, not a bad thing because there were just people that didn't necessarily, they weren't as interested in, in the same things as I was anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and then you just make new friends. Like, you make yeah. new friends, and it doesn't mean that they're not there still. Yeah. But you kind of make new friends, I guess, with people that whose interests align with yours. And then it gets really easy to have friends when you go out. Yeah. Because you just walk in somewhere and you know some people. Yeah. So I think that's a big thing. But also all the politics stuff, it, like, can upset you. Yeah. And uh, when I was younger... There weren't, like, a lot of female artists yet. Mm. They were just, like, kind of starting, really just starting to be a thing. Yeah. And, um, and you know, all of the array of things that comes with being a f- an 18-year-old female in the in the music industry. Um, it used to get, it used to really get to me and I used to be really, like, kind of sassy and high and mighty about it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess those things pass, so... Yeah. And it's way better now. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You would have seen now. it change. Like, what's yeah. how has it changed, like, now compared to when you like, first started? Is there anything in particular that yeah. comes to mind? Well, I think there's still a lot of work to do, um, but it's gotten so much better. Uh, like, not to say that I, you know, had it really hard or anything, but there were a lot of, like, hard times. Mm. And, like, young DJs get taken advantage of a lot and that's regardless of gender yeah but I think when when I started uh there were there was a lot of kind of bullshit around you have a lot of like promoters trying to creep on you yeah and that was like the norm then and that was kind of hard to navigate at the beginning because we didn't really have anybody to kind of go and ask like how do we deal with this yeah because it's there weren't many of us in the industry yet and and they were kind of spread out across Australia. So back then, you know, Alice in Wonderland was still playing in your local clubs and um and then the only other female DJs were kind of bigger yeah. already. So it was kind of hard to navigate because we were going to other guys about these problems that they didn't necessarily experience as often. Yeah, they're like, I don't know, I've never had that happen. Yeah. Like, and you yeah. know what? It has definitely happened to some of my like some of my guy friends. Yeah. But 
not enough to like get any sort of advice on how to deal with, you know, when a promoter stops booking you because you wouldn't sleep with them yeah. or something like that. Um, I just, yeah. So I don't even know what point I was just trying to make because yeah, I just yeah. went on a tangent. Just that it's changed like a lot and there yeah. used to be, yeah, no one to really ask about or talk to with, with experience of it. Yeah, Exactly. And I think like it still happens, again, regardless of gender. Um, and But you've got so many more females now. It's like it's normal. Yeah. And and it's kind of a lot easier to be kind of like, you know, fuck off. Yeah. And not be scared of the repercussions. Yeah. Because all these people have your back. And that's the biggest thing with me, though, is on the flip side of that, because there weren't many females, all of the guys, like, you know, like you guys, you really looked after me. Yeah. Um, which was awesome. Yeah. So you kind of, if you find your people, they'll have your back. Um, but, yeah, now you can just... You know, ask somebody what to do. Yeah. How do I deal with this dickhead? And you go to like, you know, like gigs and stuff around Brisbane anyway, and it's like, you know, it's a good mix of both guys and girls mm-hmm. at most events now mm-hmm. that um that I that I go to. I think most clubs would would have a good mix, you yeah. know. Um, whereas back in the day, it might be like, oh, there might be one girl if you're lucky, you know. Yeah, I think like people are putting in a, a lot more effort to like conscious effort to book more females but on the other side of that like it's just kind of naturally happening because there are just more now more yeah. um and which really awesome. good you know like um DJs and artists and stuff as well mm. um that are coming through yeah yeah and because i think there's also this you know there's this whole flip side of the argument of like should you be putting women on a bill just because you need to put women on a bill and yeah. that's like a whole that's like a whole another kind of argument but yeah I really I it's definitely come a long way in the few years that I've been in the industry yeah thank god um like who would have done like like back in the day like I can't think of anyone who would have done like a headline set around Brisbane at a you know just a local person at a club and now there's heaps of like girls all the time doing it yeah and they're all so good and they're like so passionate and it's exciting because they're they're all like really care about it and mm. they're just, yeah, I love it. It's yeah. really cool. It's, yeah. We never used to be like that. It was yeah. kind of like small fish, big pond. But So is uh, going back to that then, I suppose, um, the old boats and hose, mm. eh? <laughs> um, tell us about that. That was, um, was that the first sort of DJ thing you did? Yeah. yeah. So I entered your shot in 2012. It was 2012. 2012. When you guys entered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was with my friend at the time, Shana. Um we didn't really have, like, I've been, I'd been doing music for, like, years and years before that, but I'd never really kind of looked into the DJ side of things. Yeah. So we just kind of in, entered it on a whim. Um, And the name, like, literally, we were, like, standing in line, we had to pick a name, and we <laughs> had had to have picked a name for, like, a week, and we didn't. And we were just, like, we were literally watching Step Brothers, like, the day before. Yeah. <laughs> and we are like, oh, well, let's just, boats and hose, it's stupid, we don't care. <laughs> And honestly, we didn't really think we would win, number one, because yeah. we weren't really trying to. We were just kind of like just going crack, with it. Yeah. And then when we won your shot, we were like, oh, we're kind of like <laughs> stuck with this. And it worked really well for a while because it was like fun and cheeky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, we kind of parted ways. I don't I don't really know how long after that, actually. Yeah. And we just decided to do our own thing because we were just kind of interested in different different types of music like yeah. just creative differences kind of thing yeah um and then that's when 
I rebranded, but I really like that name is so good. I'm like, there've been so many times when I'm like, should I bring that back? Like, yeah. No one else will take it. Yeah. Yeah, because it is sort of catchy and that, like, you know, like it sounds like, oh, birds and hoes, like, it, it sounds like a duo, you know, like. I feel like it's probably a lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we got, actually got a lot of shit for that one as well because uh, yeah. like, oh, hoes, like. Oh. Yeah, putting down women so or something like that, yeah. Anyway, so that was a fun time. Yeah, I think the first time when I saw you, because I think the first time I would have met you, seen you, was when you were playing the... Red Bull industry party. Yes, the good As Friday. Boats and Hose. Yeah. Yes. Um, that party was, I've never been, felt so terrible the next day when I, like, got up. Dude, we had, uh, like, you had, drink, like, 20 Red Bulls by the end of the Red every, Bull party. Everything had Red Bull mixed in it. And it was the it was the year when they brought out all those new flavours. All the tropical So ones. I was like, oh, I want to try the blueberry. I want to try the raspberry. And, like, I remember getting to family and George was, George Carmichael was just like, you can't have anything to drink. I'm like, what do you mean? I've just had heaps of Red Bull. And he's like, you're only allowed to drink water. And I was like, no, what? Dude, those parties were so cool yeah. as well. I think they've stopped them now. I've yeah, been... I haven't seen or heard of one. Yeah, oh, they they pretty, need to bring them back. They were pretty good, yeah. Because it's just all industry people. Yeah, big hospital Drinks, party. yeah, big hospital party, basically. And they had, like, photo booths and all kinds of weird pop-up art type stuff. Yeah, yeah. that was... That was awesome. I remember waking up the next day just thinking, I feel like a, pr- uh, a prune. A prune. Just, like, dried and shriveled, like. <laughs> I remember my first hectic Red Bull hangover, and that was the night after you, my first your shot as well. Yeah. And <laughs> there were, like, so back then it was sponsored by Agua. Yeah. And Red Bull, of course. And they were lining up shots by, like, thir- like 30 at a time and just Agua dishing them out. And like, yeah. yeah, and I think we went to family after or something. Yeah. And I remember the next day, hadn't slept yet because we were just, like, high on, you know, life and Red Bull. Yeah. And then I remember laying in bed being like, should I be going to the hospital? Yeah. I'm like, I feel like I can feel my heart in my stomach. Yes, like, that's the weirdest. dying. Yeah. And then that was fine. The I'm here today. So yeah, yeah. Not dead. Just have one or two Red Bulls. Oh. Oh, vodka Red Bulls. So yeah, that's it. I only have like one if I'm like out. I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I'll have a vodka Red Bull. <laughs> it is a slippery slope, my friend. Yeah, I know. Slippery slope. Yeah, and then I don't know because Red Bull already has that funny taste to it. it. Like with vodka in it, it just like it just tastes the same to me. <laughs> oh, ben. yeah. So you said you did music before that, then. Mm-hmm. So what 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 music did you do before that? Because I obviously didn't know you before then. Yeah, so. well, I wasn't even living in Australia yet. Oh, okay. So I'm from New Zealand. I don't know if you know that. I think I know that, yeah. yeah. I think I know that. You think? I do know. <laughs> I know that now, yeah. Uh, okay, so, gosh, it's kind of spans pretty, like, far back. Yeah. So the first time I ever, like, performed, quote, unquote, uh, on, like, a stage, I think I was, like, three or four. Yeah. And so my my grandmother was quite big in the country music scene across Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. So she used to do all the big, like, award shows and they had, like, albums and stuff and used to fly to, like, Norfolk Island and did all that stuff. Um. So my whole family were, like, pretty heavily into music. Yeah. Um, I remember I had to get up and sing and I think we were meant to sing, like, to- On Top of the World or something, you know that song? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I, like, cried after you and like three yeah and i'm like yeah. I, I, I don't think i'm pretty sure i was three i might have been like maximum five i don't i need to ask my mom yeah but it was terrifying uh and then 
But then I guess just I was just brought up with a love of music. Like we were surrounded by it. My house is just constant, you know, ukuleles and guitars and piano yeah. and just kind of typical Kiwi house, to be honest. Um, but then so in school, I did the whole band thing and uh, learned how to play guitar. Not very well. Got good enough to kind of write music, which is what I was interested in. Yes. And then it was pretty cool because the school we went to built like a big recording studio while I was there. Yeah. It's like, it was huge. It's like bigger than the studio here. They had yeah. like four booths and a big auditorium and stuff like that. Sick. Yeah. So we're pretty, I was pretty lucky to have like a really cool school and really cool teachers. And they kind of let me, you know, skip a couple of other classes to go yeah. hang out in the music yeah. studios and stuff. And um, yeah, so we re- we used to record like compilations every year. Yeah, okay. Um, and so I did all of the entering of the competitions, the Smoke Free, Rock Quest. I don't even know if they have that in Australia. Yeah. It's basically like Battle of the Bands. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then, and then I like got, I left high school at 16. So I was kind of like, I finished high school and everybody was like, you need to stay. And I'm like, but I'm done. Like, (laughs) I really don't want to just hang out here, which I kind of regret not doing because that last year seemed very fun. But then I went to uni, studied music there. Um, At 16, kind of hard to stay focused on a tertiary education. Yeah. Uh, Especially like, because I was the youngest, I I was the youngest person the institution at the time like had ever even taken. Yeah, yeah. So. What were you studying? Music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was studying like a Bachelor of, I think it was just like a Bachelor of Media Arts majoring in music. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, but I only did my first year. Yeah. Um, And that's because I decided I wanted to specialise in more audio engineering I didn't really understand the different kind of pockets of the industry yet yeah okay yeah so I went in thinking oh I'm gonna be a performer and then um realized that I'm you know like the nerdier side of stuff yeah um as you do and so I actually deferred well the original plan was to defer Mm -hmm. and then ended up moving to Australia okay yeah which was just kind of on a whim running away from a boy as you do (laughs) (laughs) classic yeah uh classic I would have been 17 by then um and I kind of had gone off doing stuff for a while just having you know at the time what I thought was a life crisis at 17 (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, you know the world is over and then literally stumbled across your shot one day and then that kind of like kicked everything back into gear and it was cool because I was only meant to be in Australia for like maybe six months oh okay yeah Yeah, I had this like grand plan go to Australia make a bunch of cash and then go to Europe um with a couple friends and like work there Mm -hmm. and I'm here still still almost 10 years later have you been to Europe yet nope (laughs) (laughs) still working on the Europe trip still saving (laughs) you know that musician wage yeah um no and then I guess just like fell in love with music again and like another side of it mm. that I hadn't even thought about yeah um and then yeah I guess it's just been consuming me for the last several years yeah so, so, so you're here yeah so what was it like what music were you into back then like when you started the when you went into your shot like what In, kind of dance music oh like trash absolute trash <laughs> oh, oh, okay. oh yeah I remember that genre trash oh yeah, yeah. like I mean it, to be fair, at the time, we thought it was cool. 
But now if I listen back, my my Your Shot set is still online. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Nobody, I like, I would never tell people where where to find it. Because it'll be under boats and hose, right? Yeah, and okay. there aren't many people. Now people are going to go look at it, aren't they? Yeah, now people know where to find it. Oh, yeah. dude, it's bad. But <laughs> at the time, it was very cool. But it was all like, you know, Skrillex and yeah and stuff. Before yeah, Skrillex yeah. was a bit of a... Yeah, movie, yeah. A when he movie. sort of just sort of started, I suppose, had come up sort of a bit, yeah. Yeah. And I remember, like... We didn't really understand, like, we weren't genre snobs. Yeah. And that was because, like, we, we'd never been part of the industry yet and we didn't really know, like, you know, this is progressive house and yeah. this is house and this is electro. And, like, we had no idea, right? Yeah. And the, I think it played to our advantage because we were just like, these are all the songs we like. Yeah. This is how we've been taught how to make a set. Let's try and do it. And so it ended up just being, like, just this absolute array of just... Genre hopping everywhere, yeah. Yeah. And I think it worked out in our favour because people weren't doing that, yeah. really. And trap wasn't a thing yet, yeah, right? Trap wasn't, trap wasn't a thing, thing yet. Trap wasn't a thing. No, yeah. literally did not exist. Yeah. As, well, like, as it, it is did. Now. Yeah, people didn't know what it yeah. was. And I remember we played this one Candyland song. Mm-hmm. And we had no idea. Somebody came up to us who ended up booking us for years after... After he goes, yeah, no, I love that trap song you played. And we were just like, huh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that one. And we remember us trying to Google it and we are like, what the? Was what? he like, it, was he insulting us or was he complimenting us? Because yeah. I have no idea what he was saying. Um, so, yeah, so I guess we're pretty into like everything. Yeah. But then, as you know, we kind of went on a heavy music or what was called heavy then. Definitely not now. Yeah. But now on, people would be like, oh, that's like warm up. Kind of legit, stuff, legit. Know, yeah. The warm up sets that I play sometimes for like the bigger artists, like that kind of music. There's that was heavy back then. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> <It's> <laughs> it crazy. changes. Yeah. Well, I remember when like trap first came in. You know, like that was sort of like when it started really popping off. Was that um, probably just before when I was up at upstairs at family and that like Rage Crew days. Well, it was sort of well, I was there after Rage Crew days mainly. Um, but it was that sort of like ra- end of Rage Crew and sort of start of um that next thing where it was like yeah, where it f- sort of first just came out. I think there was there was even like a Ministry of Soundtrap um yeah. compilation or something like. Um, yeah, that was a great time because the trap back then was like real basic and simple, like yeah, you know, with the 808s and stuff and, and the lasers, <laughs> lasers, yes. Oh. Not not all the all the like hybrid trap stuff these days. You know, the real like heaps heavier sort of stuff. The old um, used to love that old stuff. The real hip hoppy stuff. Yeah, real hip hoppy stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Miss that stuff. Right now we sound really old. Yeah, <laughs> man, I I legit wish we could just like hop back to that and and just play like an entire night of it we tried to recently with um uh with dj butcher i think i saw that was that um where was that at uh so it was meant to be at tbc and then tbc flooded (laughs) so it ended up being upstairs but we so i actually work with dj butcher yeah in an office uh his other hustle and um we were like, man, we got to have a Christmas party. And also, like, TBC's closing soon, and we're pretty sad about that because we used to throw down some good times there. Yeah. So why don't we just, like, throw a party and we'll play, like, all the old trap stuff? It went okay. Yeah. It went okay. But Did many people turn out for it? or Yeah, there were, like, yeah. I, there were, like, a good couple hundred people there. Yeah, cool. On a Friday, too. Yeah. So this was 
we were pretty happy with that. Yeah. It turns out there are more people that want to hear that than we, than we originally thought. Yeah, there's an idea for a bit of a, I suppose, a throwback night almost. Like, do the, does that kind of trap still get made? Like, that? I don't know. Someone would. Surely someone's making it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> not as popular. Yeah. Um, so where are you playing at the moment? Like, you've, because you've, you know, you've played all over the, all over the place, really. Mm. A couple of clubs have closed recently that oh, you used to play at. R.O.P. Yeah. Um, Anywhere in particular or just around whenever you sort of have bookings and stuff? Just around. Like I've actually been playing every weekend still. Um, yeah. People don't, like, I don't really kind of advertise it a whole lot because yeah. I've been playing a lot of, like, the bar gigs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool because it keeps me busy and involved. Yeah. Um, But club-wise, like, I don't know if this is a contra- controversial topic, but I don't, Ooh. I just, there are only a, a couple of clubs still doing, like, going strong now. Mm. Like, you know, there's, like, the Met and Proe. And then there are, like, all the other slightly mid-tier clubs or, like, bar clubs, like Woolly Mammoth or, like, Birdies or... Yeah. Like, and other than that, there's just not a whole lot. Yeah, it's kind of at the moment, it's like you've got... And every club that is there is doing their own thing it's like there's no direct competition no almost anymore which is like, awesome for them because yeah. like when i see like the artists that they're getting in and like like they're killing it i'm yeah. pretty sure they're killing it yeah. i think um, yeah, it's hard to tell sometimes like, isn't it sometimes you, you don't see know. a full club and all the videos and stuff yeah. like oh it looks like it seems people are like man there's like no one there <laughs> it, it appears that they are killing it yeah um but and they're like bringing in some really cool acts and then you've got like the <laughs> kind of the the less frequent events like you know Bicky and Sub Rosa and stuff yeah. like that, and they're all doing like, and they're all awesome. But I don't really think that there's anywhere currently that I like slot into, which is why I'm doing a lot of like bar things. Yeah, just because then you, I don't know you get a bit antsy about not yeah. playing sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm still around, still doing stuff. There is a bit of a gap now, isn't there? You know, after Oh Hello and then TBC sort of closed. Yeah, like, yeah. There's definitely a gap there for. Something to fill um, yeah. if they can pull it off. Yeah, we're, I've I've sort of had this conversation with a few people. Like, I, somebody needs to take advantage of that market. That I I don't know where where those kids are going. Mm. Uh, like, I assume these other clubs, but they yeah. they were kind of a different crowd to yeah to that the, to the people that go out to the Met or Prohibition or whatever. Mm. So it's kind of interesting. But like, I really miss like Ohlo was our home for a couple of years then. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we kind of, like, it died for ages. We were, like, like we didn't actually know, but we're, like, surely this place can't stay for that much longer. And then we picked it up, and it was, yeah. like, going off every weekend by the time it closed. Um, so it was cool to see that out. And then it was pretty cool to, like, get one last set in at, like, TBC before yeah, as well because that was one of my favourite places to play, mm. like, a few years ago. Um but yeah, I just yeah, I don't know. Somebody needs to take advantage of those people because they yeah. they all kind of moved from Ohio to TBC. Yeah, exactly. And then now TBC. So it's like I suppose it's like now is the period that's going to be interesting to see where yeah those people go. Someone yeah. will do something. Yeah, surely. I know that there's that place opening up where Ohio was. Oh yeah, what's yeah, that called again? Place. I don't. I can't remember what it's I called. Start I met one of the people who owns it though. So yeah. Oh, definitely. Def- Definitely go out and check it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an interesting concept. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> I don't want to, like, just talk about it on here because he was just told me. I don't know. If... 
it's a secret common knowledge or not. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about it later. It's an interesting concept. So we'll see how it goes. But, um, oh, oh gosh, it's actually the guy who cuts my hair. What? Yeah, um, yeah, because you know Mr. Men next to the JB where you used to work yeah. upstairs at um, Carindale? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the guys in there. Him and a heap of mates bought it and are uh, doing something. So. Well, I wish them well. Yeah, could be could be cool. Yeah, yeah. big shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And But, yeah, there's definitely, like, that hole there. But, like you said, it's good for the some of the clubs that are still around because they've sort of got their, like, niche. Mm. But it kind of sucks a little bit for DJs and stuff because – there's not that competition, there's less places you can sort of play, especially if you don't fit particularly, you know, like yeah. in a club now. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting at the moment. I think um, it's going to be interesting to see this year how it goes. I guess we see it It kind of happens frequently though, doesn't yeah. it? And we just see things close and new things pop up. Like it was like I wasn't around for Monastery. but I was about to ask, yeah. you, did you ever go to the Mono? No, nah, I just missed it. But yeah. you hear the same people say, Oh wow! Like even when they were coming over here, they're like, you know, oh wow, this. I wish that this was the mono, like, yeah. And it's, we're just gonna do the same thing again, yeah, and then again. But it is sad to see our favorite places like mm. close in with like family, yeah, because I think they're more of a function space now. It's really different. I went in there for the first time a couple of months ago, mm. and um, it was for one of the OPM events. Um, Those still go off. I'm pretty sure. Oh, right? it was packed. Yeah, well, yeah. But they only have the main room now, like. You can't go upstairs. There's no where like Vampire or any of that was, um, or the top level. Um, it's just that main room and the mezzanine level. Right. That's it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's where all the memories are upstairs. No, it's where all the memories are. I remember yeah. when they had that ice bar? Mm. And yeah. you'd see just people was like just handprints yeah. in it. Someone just had their hand on the bar for like ten mm-hmm. minutes trying to put handprints in. Yeah, the old ice bar and Uncle Bar upstairs. and I used to go and, like, fangirl over, like, all the Rage Crew DJs. This is before I became a DJ. Yeah. And I was like, these people are so cool. Yeah. Did oh. you ever play with Rage Crew much? No. Yeah, no. No. You played sometimes upstairs, though. Yeah. I, I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I, I started at Family. I think it was around the time that you did or maybe, yeah. like, shortly after. Yeah. So that was when... It was when those, those renos got done upstairs and they changed the upstairs. Yeah. Um, was when, yeah. There were some good times too. Yeah. I remember when they first switched on those subs. I think Miles played the first mm-hmm. set when they opened the upstairs and we put the volume on like... Too high. A quarter, no, like a quarter of the volume and I stood in front of... Because it had all those subs along the bottom. Yeah. And I like stood in front of that and like... Because there's no one else in the room for the, to absorb the sound... Like, my vision was shaking just from the like, <laughs> vibration of the subs. I was like, wow, that's hectic. Don't put it on a quarter. <laughs> put it low. Do not do this. <laughs> put it less. Um, but, yeah, that was that was always a really cool, um, like, crew there, um, especially, like, the Grage crew and stuff. And They were so cool. Yeah. Like, my 18-year-old me was like, man, yeah. I want to be like those people. Did you ever play for us at one of the, like, blah, blah, blah? Events like addicts. No, I just or... came to them. Yeah, I remember seeing you. Yeah, I remember you yeah. like promoting them. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll go check. Them they out. were heaps fun because again, they were like a big industry thing. Um, you know, it's like all the same people who were at the Red Bull. Events it was like a and lot of breaks like music and stuff. Yeah, it was. Right? That was yeah, it was breaks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember this is just like a side story about family. Yeah. Um, because around that time, like we were spending like every weekend there, and <laughs> and like. This is, you know, when clubs would close at 5 a.m. Yeah. And 
you just talking about the sub. I used to like nap. I used to nap in the DJ booth because yeah. the sub used to soothe me to sleep. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So bad. I don't know. I don't think I could do that now. Yeah, I've fallen asleep in front of a sub. <laughs> Isn't that bad? That yeah, I mean, it's probably bad, yeah. So but. we've been so tired or like after weekends of partying that we can just go to sleep in the club. Yeah, that definitely, yeah. <laughs> sure some people um, can relate. So you DJing when you started, were you, um, so you just learnt at your shop, that's how you learnt basically. Yeah, so um, the first, our first lesson, uh, so we, we were like running late for some reason and I don't know, do you know Wall, Wall yeah. Gideon? Yeah. Well, I don't know him that well, but I know, yeah, I know who yeah. Wall is, yeah. Massive legend. Mm. He was our trainer back then. Um. So he, we were running late for some reason and they were like, oh, just, there were a bunch of booths with like decks set up and they were like, just go and switch them on, play around a bit while you're waiting. Like <laughs> there were like multiple people that kind of already knew what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, because they, you know, people get in with all ranges of experience. Yeah. And back then there was no such thing as like a wild card comp. So even experienced guys were mixed in yeah. with like people that had never. Anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, like, uh, I was, like, trying to make sound come out and I couldn't. And I remember J-Dub, he, he peeked over in the next booth and he was like, oh, you've got to turn the master volume up. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, God. So I literally, lesson one, had no idea how to make sound come out, out of it yeah. and somehow pulled together a set in six weeks. But I I spent so many hours there. So, like, also, like, back then you couldn't – just have a home set up without it costing what 10 grand yeah there were no controllers and stuff like that so to kind of go out and randomly buy it like a lot of the students do now yeah they get into your shot and if they don't already have equipment they just go and spend like a grand or less yeah and they've got a control, whole, yeah. yeah and they've got like a whole home setup which is awesome didn't do that back then yeah and so i used to spend i literally spent like probably like a couple thousand dollars on hiring like booths outside of yeah lesson time yeah because i just was so obsessed very quickly like obsessed yeah and i just like lived and breathed it for the entire time so i mean somehow managed to pull together a set but the way obviously the format of the competition is you practice the same set yeah for as much as humanly possible so you can do it in front of people at the end yeah so we didn't expect to win and then like fresh out of your shot we were getting all these gig offers mm. and like I sometimes I cringe at the thought of like the bad sets that I must have played fresh out yeah because like I didn't really know what I was doing yet and you think you do because you've got like yeah, you're you played up on, a set and you won yeah. you must be yeah. all right <laughs> and you're hopped up on this like confidence and everybody's praising you yeah and then you like very quickly realize that you don't really know what you're doing still yeah so you, you just gotta keep like grinding after that yeah but yeah uh yeah and I was obsessed. So what gear were you learning on there? What did they have there? So Nexus, a Nexus, uh, hold on, CDJ 2000 before they were in Nexus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had just come out, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And That sounds about right. And a, I want to say a 1000. As in like CDJs as well. Yeah. Yeah. We had two different ones. (laughs) Yeah. Or it might have even been like. Because 1,000 don't use USBs. No. Yeah. So you had to use CDs for that? Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
What's the one that had the USB but was like older? The 900? 900. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have like a color screen or anything. No, no, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so it's like a 900 and a 2000. Yeah. And then I think we have like a DJM 750. Yeah. Um, but like trying to learn on two different ones. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think that was part of the challenge hmm. is they were like trying to teach us properly. But that's good to learn on that then because, like, it's if you go to any setup, you should be able to sort of play. If you can play on yeah. 900s and 2000s, like, you should be fine on most other setups. Yeah, you see, like, in people in the newer generation of DJs try to play on the old stuff. Yeah. And, gosh, it's not like I can't, I can't mix vinyl. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not like I can do all the things. Yeah. But um, and how stressful it is when there's no, like color screen and like yeah. bpm marker and no, stuff no little bars that yeah. move along on the grid and it still like, stresses me out because yeah. i'm so used to like 2000s because yeah it's yeah industry standard yeah that's uh when i was teaching my your shot students i would try and like because this the controllers have like the waveforms on top of each other i'd be like don't look at it you don't yeah, want to learn that way trust me because the second you walk into a club Put your you will phone not, on it or something legit yeah. you would not have a clue what you're doing yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah, that's the odd. the technology now. But um, the new, the new R, like the RX controllers—they're pretty good, eh? Like they're just like a normal setup. Yeah, they like do you said, everything. You can just you get that now, and it sort of translates into a club setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never even owned my own equipment. Yeah. Um, but now, if like I very, very rarely play a gig where I need to take my equipment because I mostly just do bars and clubs. Yeah, yeah. But um, and now I just like call a friend. Hey, can I borrow your controller? Yeah. one piece yeah. walk into a venue with it under your arm and you're yeah. good to go yeah I like kudos to all the all the kind of event and corporate DJs that have to like lug out yeah stacks and stacks of equipment I remember I was playing the races for a while and I used to take my road case in yeah and set that up and it's like lugging it all through like the races and like there's people everywhere and I'm wearing like you know like a suit jacket and yeah. stuff and I'm carrying this big thing rolling Man. through like you guys did so all the hard work. Yeah. It's way too much effort. So um, it's so much better now, you know, with, with the controllers and stuff. Mm. Um, so that your shot that um, that you entered, mm. what year was that that it's like started? Was that like the second year, first year? It was Second. Second year, yeah. Well, okay. So it's second year in Brisbane. Okay. So it started in Sydney, I think 2010. It okay, might have yeah. been before that, but I think 2010 was, like, the first yeah, sort of one big one. Did. Yeah. And then, well, I say big, not on the scale that it is now. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the year before me had, like, uh, like Chloe Wilson and, like, a, a bunch of people that are still in the industry today. Yeah. I think a lot of people, like, don't realise that most of Brisbane's industry is made up of your shot students. Yeah. Even well, I didn't that, even realize that until like doing this, like you know, the podcast and stuff. And people yeah. are like, "Oh yeah, I do your show." I'm like, "Oh really?" And they're like, "Yeah, that's how I sort of learned." Like, you'll find that there are even like some more like, I don't not older as an age, but like DJs that have been around for a long time that like don't want to admit it either. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, yeah. So, and then our year was the first year that they gave away an overseas trip. Okay, but yeah. they only gave away like one. So we didn't get to go. And oh, dog. Demoed. And then the year after, they like everybody that won from every state got to go like snow bombing and like yeah. all these like really cool overseas trips. I'm like no regrets because I mean I got 
an entire life and career out of it. Yeah. But um, I was like, I remember being like, Steve, can I go on this overseas trip yeah. with the new guys? And he's like, no, you've had no, your chance. You didn't win. <laughs> Damn it. Give yeah. me more. Yeah. Um, But now it's just huge. Yeah, exactly. Like, Massive. Like um, Jackson just went over and played, um, you know, at, in Canada for that um, yeah. that event. And that was just because they saw his, you know, set or what, however that happened. Yeah. Um, they Crazy. give away, like, cause so now, like, because all the sponsors love your shot now, and yeah. so they just, like, jump on board, and they're like, we'll give away a set, we'll give away a set. Yeah. And so then now they don't just give them to winners. They'll kind of scout out other yeah. people, which is so cool. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and, I mean, like, they uh, – a lot of people don't know this, but your shot did a U.S. – version oh, okay but the format was a bit different so they did like a web series uh yeah yeah and that was really cool like they teamed up with i'm pretty sure like edc like tiesto yeah his whole crew mm. um so it's a bit of an empire now and this year they're expanding to so last year we expanded to perth yeah and then this year they're expanding to another place Okay, there you go. It looks uh, sounds like I'm being sneaky and not telling yeah. you, but I actually don't know where it is. Yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. So they're they're expanding. Yeah, like I suppose, and so it started in Australia, which is which is cool. Yeah, yeah. And so when did you start like coming on board as like a trainer or, or getting involved in that side of it? Um. So, like, I, I, like as soon as anybody does your shot, they're yeah. like a lot of people were kind of really hooked. They go yeah. one way or the other. They're either like, oh, I didn't win. I hate it. Yeah. Or like, please let me come back and just work for you. I, I'll do, do something. it for free. Yeah. Like, please just let me be involved again. Yeah. And at the beginning, like, uh, so most of the time when you've won or if you're still doing, like, if you're active in the industry, they will be like, hey, do you want to come and, like, interview and yeah, judge yeah. and whatever? Yeah, yeah. So I did that in the second year yeah. and I literally haven't been away since um yeah. as in the second year so not your first year out your second year oh no sorry first year out first so, year, okay yeah, yeah. so i went so back the next year after year yeah. One, yeah so i went back as like an interviewer yeah and a um a judge and then i started training last year okay yeah, yeah. and i, I kind of i feel like it kind of came up because of like a a cheeky joke i made so the yeah. year before when i like saw all of the new trainers it was like dippy and noi and chris royal and i'm missing someone i don't know you're the trainer anyway <laughs> did you know chris royal? yeah yeah and um i was like guys it's a bit of a sausage fest i was like <laughs> you and i wasn't even like gunning to to be on board i was just yeah. like surely there's like a girl trainer yeah. that you can have as well because like not that it matters because those guys are awesome, but uh, some of the new girls coming up, they like get really scared to like ask questions. And yeah, stuff. yeah. So I used to have students hitting me up, even though I wasn't a trainer, to be like, "Oh, like, how do I do this?" Um, and then yeah, they called me. They were like, "You know how you said that?" I was like, yeah. Oh well, do you want to be a trainer? And I was like, "Yeah, yeah of course." Like, talked yourself into it. Yeah, I'm gonna be there <laughs> anyway. You may yeah. as well start paying me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So. And so how's that been then? How did uh, how did you enjoy that? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um and you get like we I only had one class. Yeah. Um and so it was LJ's first year of training as well. Yeah. And because they kind of brought us on board but nobody else left. Yeah. So they kind of just squeezed us in it like with one class each just yeah, to see yeah. how we went. Which the cool thing about that is like I I got real tight with my group. Yeah, yeah. And so I had, Oh, yeah, because you've only got the one class. Yeah, so yeah. it was like, ten, I think like 10 people. 
And so it meant that I had a lot of time for a small group of people. Yeah. Um, but it was awesome. Like, I loved every second of it. Yeah. Like, they're, like, family by the end of it. Mm. Um, and they're, like, doing really well as well, which is always fun. Because you're like, they're my babies. So there some of you, like, your people you've trained and stuff, they're still sort of playing and in the industry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. the place, yeah. Yeah. But, like, also, you kind of get an, a bit of an attachment to, like, all of them. Yeah. You, Even if they're not, like, yeah, yeah, you still care you, about them, yeah, because exactly. you get to know them. And because you know what they've been through and you know how exciting it is and how, like, yeah. they've got, like, stars in their eyes about the whole industry. Yeah. They're not jaded yet, so they're just, like, passionate. Yeah. And I, I love it. Yeah. Every year it's kind of like a bit of a refresher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sort of re-inspiring, I guess, like, to yeah. see that energy. Like, even when I've had, like, newer people in here and talking to them, they're, like, you know, they're so excited about everything. Yeah. Um, like, their first gigs and, and all that. Um, yeah, they're not jaded yet. It's yeah. so good. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that sounded rough. No, but yeah. you know what it's like. It's, like, yeah. you kind of get to this point where sometimes you just hear people ranting and nobody's, yeah. like, yeah, you forget it's all love. Yeah, I always say, like, if you haven't been fucked over in the industry, then you haven't been in the industry yet. (laughs) It's going to happen to someone. It's going to happen to you at some stage. Like, it's definitely some things to watch out for, yeah. I'm actually nodding furiously. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What about production? Like, have you dabbled much into that world now? Because I I think I've seen, like, some videos of you working on stuff before, and Mm. I know that you're interested in that. But what's how's that all going, like, that side of stuff? Yeah, good. I think that, like... um, because it's a bit of a rabbit hole, yeah. Especially if you're a perfectionist, <laughs> that's what that's been my downfall. Is that I like, am have always been kind of too terrified to like, I guess, show people, which yeah. is a pretty classic thing. Yeah. Um, but it's gone consistently well. Yeah. But I'm just a bit of a pussy. Um, and I think that something that I actually, this is going back to like what I could tell my younger self is you don't have to be in control of everything. And all of the, all of the great people have an entire team behind them. And if you're a control freak about it, like there is a good chance you just kind of, kind of stall. Um, so it's been going well and I've got like, I guess I've just been like building a catalog of stuff that I don't know what to do with. Um, but I will. (laughs) Uh, uh, you said it on a podcast now so it's it's out there forever yeah i've got like lots of stuff yeah but i think the biggest thing was that has been that a lot most of it doesn't really align with what i would play yeah slash what many people would play it's kind of it's listening stuff so i guess i haven't really known what to do with it yet because i'm like do you do i like put it out under what i my my dj stuff like under mickey blue or do i like do something else with it so i've got like a few things that i want to do with it more around like publishing deals yeah i think that i think that's something that i learned is that while i love djing is i i am not a big performer like i've done the headline things yeah for a couple of years there and I don't think that's kind of my my jam yeah and I like writing the music but I yeah. don't think I necessarily want to perform it yeah so I've just been kind of stuck in limbo because of that because I don't know what to do with it yeah because I I think that I'd like to put it out to the world obviously mm. but I don't necessarily know if I if I want to put it out to the world yeah so I've just been making it <laughs> so the stuff that you're writing you said it's more like listening is it 
are you writing that stuff because that's what you like want to make or is it sort of that's just what you're comfortable making at the moment like I don't really go in to try and make anything yeah yeah and I think that's why a good couple of years I'll accept myself back a good couple of years way back because I'm sure you understand when you go in to try and make stuff to please somebody else, it doesn't necessarily yeah. work. And I think it's quite, you know, debatably kind of easy to go, oh, hey, let's go make this track that sounds like all the other yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's not very fulfilling. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, I lost my train of thought. It's all the beer. Um, yeah, no, so I like, I don't really, I don't really set out to try and make something. Yeah. I just kind of, now I, I just sit and I'm like, normally I'm inspired by something. Yeah. Like, I don't know whether it's like, I, I frequently get inspired by films more than music. Yeah. Um, and I'll be like, oh man, like I'll sit down and I'll just vomit stuff out. Yeah. And I finally learned, like, I finally have a creative process down that'll allow me to finish things fast. Yeah, cool. And that takes so long. Like, I don't know about you, but some people just get it and some people just... Yeah. Takes ages, right? It's those little 1%s you pick up, I reckon. Yeah. You know, like little... And little... Even like little quick shortcuts and like, you Mm -hmm. know, stuff like that that makes like... Sometimes you get that idea in your head from watching a movie or whatever it is and it's like, oh, I need to get it down into the computer before I forget what I've just come up with. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And if it takes forever to do, you sort of lose it or you... You know, you lose inspiration a bit or something like that. It's really easy to get distracted with the with the perfections of it all as yeah. well. Like uh, people that get really deep into sound design and like uh, like I've learned now, pump it out, deal with yeah. the stuff later. Yeah, and you got to get the vibe down. Yeah, you gotta yeah. get it out of your head onto paper, basically. And so I finally have like that process down. There was like yeah. literally this one day where I like the slight bulb went off. And then I, like, finished, like, three tracks in a week. Yeah. And I was like, man, I haven't even finished three tracks in a year. And it just, it all just kind of, the slight bulb yeah. went off. But, um, yeah, so the music that I've been making has just been, like, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's more, like, electronic, on the, like, electronic indie kind of side of stuff. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So I don't really, yeah, again, don't really know what to do with it. But I still enjoy making it. And yeah. You know, I get progressively better, which is fun. But I stopped caring about getting it out for other people. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Because I think I could quite happily never show people and still be happy just making it. Yeah. Well, that's what, like, working on music in the studio is about. Because you're by yourself usually, alone, for Mm -hmm. hours at a time or whatever. Um, So it's not really about other people. Um, It's more about, yeah, like, being in the moment and, like, creating it. And, like, you come up with a cool idea and, oh, that's Mm -hmm. awesome, like... That with this, oh, now I've got this other idea. Like you go on like a tangent. Yeah, you get caught up and you're like, oh, that's right. I was working on the baseline. How did I get to you know rises or like something crazy? Um, yeah. Um, so, but with your DJing stuff now, like what, like if if we see you're playing at some event, what can we expect you to be playing? Like if you're playing, like because what do you play these days? Because you've always sort of played a mix of a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Um, if I, if I were to play my ideal set, um, because I've been playing a lot of just kind of house, house gigs, which is fun. Um, but if I were to play my ideal set, it'll be like dance stuff. Like it'd be like Catronata and uh, Tourist and stuff like that. So it's kind of more like electronic 
dance. I don't really know how to describe it. Do you know, people have asked, obviously asked this question yeah. frequently for like how many years I've, I've been yeah. DJing and I still just don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Just fun stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no specific genre, just sort no. of like, yeah. I think that's why I struggle to describe it because it's not really a specific genre. Yeah. But I really like. It's a vibe. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's God. a certain vibe. I hate it. I hate that you said that, but yes. <laughs> yes. No, it is. We're going to use it all the time. <laughs> it's funny because you know when you like accidentally acquire other people's USBs? Yeah. That's definitely happened. Oh, uh, accidentally. Accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Um, And you like look at or you see like the way your friends set out their playlists and they're like normally by genre or like by time of night or by a venue. Yeah. If you <laughs> look at my USBs, they literally named the, the stupidest stuff. Yeah. So it'd be like, it'd be like, Trappy, disco-y, get down. It's just the dumbest shit. Yeah. And that's because, like, I can't, I can't, cannot stick to one genre. It's not a, necessarily a genre. No, it's no, like no. A, yeah. So I've got to, like, sort them by, like, mood. Yeah. It's like those mood playlists on Spotify. Yeah, that's yeah. That's how, yeah. So, um, but it's fun. Yeah. I'd love to be able to play more, like, like, tourist-type electronic dance stuff. Yeah. That more, like, vibey stuff. But I'm not sure that Brisbane is the place for it. Yeah, yeah. Currently. That's it. You gotta like it always depends where you're playing, you know, yeah. like as to what you're gonna play. Yeah. Um what kind of stuff do because I saw you played at the Your Shot um event yeah. last year. Yeah. What kind of stuff did you play in your set there? Because that's obviously it's all mainly a lot of new sort of DJs and stuff. So what kind of stuff are you playing in that? Yeah, that's Man, what I, I played say, everything. Like, like I played like I played like oh, I've been really getting into like old Ministry of Sound stuff. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, <laughs> if somebody could just pay me to just be like a throwback Ministry of Sound DJ, <laughs> yeah. and I know I'm not the only one that feels this yeah, way. Yeah, like everyone who like yeah, straight up. Like I feel like anybody that's like our age yeah. is just like. And so I've been playing a lot of older Ministry of Sound stuff. And then mix them with like, you know, a few like newer, chunkier kind of classics. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I always tend to drop the tempo down mid set and play like a little bit more, for lack of a better term, a little bit more gangster stuff. Yeah. Without being kind of I don't really I don't really play like R and B. Yeah. But more of like your like hip hop stuff. Like yeah. I, I played like at the races, like I, I dropped like a Cypress Hill track yeah, randomly. Yeah, yeah. Um so it's pretty like Pretty much a, a very big mix. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd love to just keep playing Ministry of Sound stuff yeah. forever. That's what everyone says. So <laughs> like, good. I've just got – I found all my Ministry albums um, that I used to have on my, like, one of my old, old computers. And so now I've got a um, – just a folder on my USB. It's just, like, MOS. It's so just good. got, like – but the problem is it's got, like, all of – it. it's got Everything. all of it in one playlist. And it's got like, – so I've got, like, there's ones, you know, when they had, like, the best of dubstep or the annual dubstep oh, or whatever yeah. one. So there's even, like, old dubstep um, ones have, like, stuff Magnetic well. Man and stuff. Yeah, like, there's oh. so many, yeah. But, yeah, that's the trip to go through that folder and, like, oh, this song. And, man, some of the mastering and, like, the mix downs on them sound so terrible. Like, so bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, we – Dippy and I played a back-to-back set at Stockies on the weekend and we played a couple of, like, classic, classic – Ministry of Soundtracks. Yeah. And nobody had a clue what it no, was. No, yeah, no. And you we guys were, are just loving it. But. We were like, oh, man, these are, like, straight-up classic songs yeah. that everybody should know, and nobody had a clue. We were like, okay, yeah. maybe we'll go back to the stuff people know. Yeah. I want to do heaps of remixes of, like, those old, like, classic Ministry of Sound songs. Like, yeah. 
just so you can throw them in new sets and stuff and they're like a little bit more modern and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah um hashtag feelings did a one of so one of the more recent live stream parties and yeah. um i that's i was like i'm doing a throwback set yeah because that's the best thing about those parties is you can yeah literally anything goes it doesn't there's no set time to play through, which is just us in front of a bunch of drunk DJs and their yeah. friends. Um, and I think he recorded that, that, so maybe I'll have to put that online. Yeah. 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 He's got a bad throwback set. Mm-hmm. Is that like one of the ones around, is it usually Easter? Usually I can't remember what date this one was. <laughs> yeah. It was probably Easter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty loose. But um, yeah, they mixed it with like a bunch of newer, newer house things. So yeah. It was fun. How was Stockies on the weekend then? Because it was, um, there would have been a bit of an older crew out because um, it was the goodbye. Um, Johnny. For Johnny, yeah. Yeah, it was loose. <laughs> it was loose. Yeah. I think I'm still hungry, well. Um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was cool. It was like, you used to, did you used to come to the Boundary? I've been to the Boundary a few times, yeah. Uh, I wasn't a serial pest though. Like me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was like the Boundary for a lot of people was their, it was like their first place. Yeah. Um, and so we had like a lot of old crew out. Yeah. So it's fun. I cannot party like I did then though. Yeah. But, um, it was awesome. It was cool to see everyone. Yeah. Yeah. How, um, so how was, how's the transition? Everyone says that they love Boundary, Mm. um, just because of, you know, the nostalgia of the original place. But what do you reckon about, um, you know, the stockies now and the Boundary? Because you've played a few, um, stockies, like Sunday at Stockies and that. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, I can't really, I don't really feel like you can compare it because no, it's just different. It's a different vibe. Yeah, it's a yeah. different crowd too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, we all, all the people that went to Boundary are now older. Yeah. So it's easy for us to go, oh, it's not like it used to be. It's like, well, yeah, because we're it's, old now. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. there are new, like, 18 to 22 year olds yeah. and they like different stuff. Yeah. And they go out for, like, different stuff. Yeah. So I think they do well. Yeah, um, it always looks really packed and like you know well supported and stuff. So. Yeah, 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 and like Frizy does like a, a pretty good job. So like, yeah, yeah, and I remember when Frizy was uh, just a young promoter. Yeah, so now it's cool to see it. It just evolves. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool to see that it's still a thing. Like the whole, yeah. the, just that Sunday crew in general. Yeah. Um but you know Matt Lee's still running strong. Yeah, don't yeah. know how. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose behind the scenes you can sort of step back a bit sometimes and not have to be. Yeah, you know, out there. It was cool to have things. a drink with everyone mm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um. So boundary. Did you used to play there a lot? Were you there all the time playing? Like I know you used to play there. Yeah. There a little bit. Mm-hmm. How long? Um. How did you like? How did that happen? Like, how did you end up getting your first boundary gig? Oh gosh. Um. So it was like fresh out of your shot. And I think that it maybe have been Dippy, because Dippy had played a couple of sets before. Yep. And I have a feeling that he probably put us forward for it. And this was when The Attic didn't quite exist yet. Yep. And they launched that concept. Yeah. And this is when nobody was really, like, other than, I think maybe Rage Crew was the only group doing heavy music. Yep. And they were like, let's start a heavy thing. And I don't know if you ever remember, but it was like this tiny room at the back of the boundary, no aircon, no fan, <laughs> shitty equipment, but it used to go off. But like there were these photos where we were just like sweating profusely. Yeah. Um, but they were just, man, the times had like it yeah. was so good. So we used to spend like probably every weekend there. 
Yeah. For you. Yeah. <gasps> Just cool. about, yeah, yeah. Loved it. Sweaty little room. Yeah. Oh, man. I couldn't do that anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in the, no. the heat these days, like. Such a princess. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Getting old. Getting Where's old. my aircon? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. Um, so what else have we got going on? Have you been back to New Zealand much? Have you played any gigs? In, in New, New Zealand? Zealand? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you gone uh, back and played? You got to go back and play? Yeah, yeah a few times. So uh, the first time I played there was for at a bar called Cassette 9. Yeah. And that was for, like, you know World Bar in Sydney? I've heard of World Bar. You've I've heard of World Bar? There, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's not a thing anymore because oh, King's okay, Cross is, I'll know, never go there then. <laughs> yeah, I think it was King's Cross is out, yeah. dead to the world. Yeah. Um, but World Bar used to have an event called The Wall. Yep. which was, like, quite an institution in Sydney. Yep. And then one of the guys was like, we're going to open one in Auckland. And so I was lucky enough to play there a few times while it was a thing. Yeah. It was awesome. So, like, New Zealand's a whole different thing. Like, they just, they love, they love their drum and bass. Yeah. Like, you could play drum and bass anywhere and people will be happy. Yeah. But this whole bar concept was, like, it was pretty much open format. They're just, like, play what you want, like, just get the people like yeah. get the people going. Get going. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so played there my first time with Dippy. It was like a co-headline type uh, yeah. situation. And then went back a couple of times after that to do like some cool supports for like OK and yeah. uh Chase the Status and yeah. uh and then played a couple of gigs in Hamilton as well. So there's a bar there called Back Bar, still going strong, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because they do see the odd like Australian friends go and play there. Oh yeah, uh, and just kind of hang out with that crew. They're all really cool. Like the New Zealand scene. I, I even from when I began to now, I've even seen that scene grow really quickly. And they have so many awesome producers coming out of there. Like you've got like Quicks and Ian Monroe yep. and like all these people that I don't even know if they knew that they were from New Zealand. Like yeah, um. But it's an awesome place to play. Even if you even if you don't play, like if you like drum and bass, go out in New Zealand because yeah. you'll have a good time. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. So you get around a bit of drum and bass as well then? Oh, I like it. Yeah. I like I don't play it yeah. because I just you know like certain genres I feel like I don't want to touch because I I'm don't, totally like that. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I wanna do it I don't think I'll do it justice. Yeah, I don't think I'll do it as good as the people who are like truly yes. love it. I like listening to it. But it's like, I know I'm not going to be as into it as them and that will do a better job. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, I don't want to, like, shit on their genre by playing, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> what I assume would be a really generic drum and bass set if I played yeah. it because I'm just, like, I only know what my bubble, what I hear in my bubble. Yeah. But, like, uh, I don't even know if Chase and Status is exclusively drum and bass as an artist, yeah. as a group. Um, But they were, like, my first obsession with electronic music Yeah, when I was, like, 15 so yeah yeah i just like i just love i just love it <laughs> but yeah new zealand go anywhere they're obsessed with it everywhere yeah the old drama base and it's like it's really picking up in like brisbane and i assume australia but mm. like brisbane in particular like i see it everywhere now like people are playing it like and dropping it like in the most random place you wouldn't expect drama base mm-hmm. like, oh they're playing drama base here yeah that's cool hopefully we get a lot more like entirely drum and bass sets happening yeah. i know and i know that like yeah because it's having... sort of in, in people are just throwing it into sets it's not like a whole drum and bass although that yeah. is sort of like picking up a little bit but yeah yeah there's definitely that like people throwing bits and pieces in yeah and i know there have been groups that have put on some really cool drum and bass events like yeah. I, I like 
like I've seen like Hannah Wrigley's thrown some pretty yeah. cool like drum and bass parties, mm. I believe. Um, but it'd be cool to it'd be pretty cool to see it like pick up. Yeah, it's a well, good like time. This, I think the side room of Sub Rosa, um, the old used to be Montague. Um, I think they do a thing every Friday night um, where it's drum and bass all night. There you go. Yeah, in the side room. So it's like you know, there's actually somewhere you can go to listen. You know, like to drum and bass all night if you want. That's um, cool. I'm to pretty go. sure. Yeah, there's heaps of. He's on Atomics and all them. There's always stuff at, at Sub Rosa um, now. Make another beer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's happening all the time. And, like, because it's interesting being our studios here where Frequencies is. So mm-hmm. we get to hear a lot of what people come in and play. And, um, you know, like, drum and bass. There's people playing drum and bass out there all the time. Like, yeah. it's massive. I um, love to tune in on what people are playing here. It's cool. Yeah. Sometimes it's good being here to get inspiration, like, as well. Like, and you're like oh, that's cool. Like, it sort of gets you in the mood because you're around music. Like, people are playing music out there. And then sometimes it's, like, the total opposite genre of what you're trying to make. And you're like, oh, Shut up. I think I need to go home. <laughs> you know, like, you're, it's, like, something that totally doesn't. It's usually things like real heavy stuff, like hard style. It just because the kick's so big, it just comes straight through. It comes straight through the wall, and it's like, oh, it's so loud. Like Brisbane loves the heavy shit, hey? Yeah, they, they really do, yeah. We just froth it. Yeah. We just froth it. And I remember even, like, back in the day, like, like we were talking about upstairs at family. Like, that used to go off, like, the, the you know, the trap stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I remember the Mets started doing the trap stuff in, like, the main room there, and, like, that started going off, like. Yeah, just the heavier, heavier genres. And then Bicky Factory, I mean, yeah. like, that's one of the heaviest. They kill it. They're so good. You can sort of go to, yeah. I love that, like, from the beginning, the one person that's been there the whole time doing this is Noi. Yeah, Noi, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just been oh, there from, like, back in the mono days. Yeah. Like, whenever you say, like, family, I'm like, Noi. Uh. And Matt. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Know, yeah, because yeah, he, was, he was at family and then over to Matt. And, you know, Yo, Noi, that whole old crew. It's actually really cool that there's still that sort of a heap of, like, older crew around in the scene and stuff as well. Um, like, you know, Noi and, and, and yourself, you've been around for a while, and Kane. Oh. And, yeah, I know there's so many old. You? Us old. Yeah, I'm old too. Yeah, you're old. <laughs> We're all old. Yeah, you know the names of events I didn't even go to. Yeah, 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 the old um, days. Yeah, because I started in, like, 08. That's yeah. when I started playing, but not here. Up other places, so yeah. Where did you play? Um, I was up in Townsville. Wow, could you, yeah. could you play there sometimes? Yeah, yeah, I go up actually. I'm actually just organizing a little mini tour now. Oh, sure out there for the first half of the year to see when I don't know. Like, I want to go up at Easter, but it's like I also applied to play at Rabbits, so I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll get you know, get a set at Rabbits, but it's like that'd be a good um, little one. So. That's cool. I never played there. You should apply. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, you can I'm apply. so out of touch. You're so out of touch. Yeah, you can apply for like all doofs and, and uh, well, most what? of them to play out. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but yeah, so that'd be fun. But um, what about you, any, have you done much like sort of played at many other places around Queensland, Australia or not really? Just... I haven't really done the regional thing. Yeah. And like, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not, a, not specifically opposed to it. Yeah. Um, But I know that. They, they like a lot of, like, you know, that main room vibe kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, while I don't mind listening to it and I don't dislike it as, like, a genre, I just, I'm past, like, playing sets that I don't absolutely love. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm sure, like, 
you can relate at the beginning you tend to just kind of play because you don't really know where your space is yet you don't know what you like yet because you like everything yeah um and so i'm kind of i'm at that point now where i'm like i'll i only really want to play the sets that i really want to play yeah um otherwise you don't really get to spend much time on production or other you know there's a life outside of this industry too that kind of stuff yeah so um not I haven't really done the regional thing yeah well I've always kind of wanted to because they go off but I have played like in Sydney quite a a few times yeah and I've played like some of my favorite shows have been in Sydney yeah so one of my favorite shows ever was uh Katie Lachlan so she her DJ name is Carlo yeah um we played at Marty Marty Party, yeah, which is a big girl thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know the brand girl thing in Sydney. So it was Mardi Gras. I want to say, how long has the yes vote been in for? <laughs> a couple of years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, my point is, say two years. Three it years. was Sydney Mardi Gras, yeah. and just before Mardi Gras, the yes vote came in. Okay. Yeah. And it was like one a big of, celebration. Then. Yeah, and Massive. we we got to play at the Metro Theatre. Yeah. And I think the capacity is like I don't know, like five, six thousand or something. Yeah. I could just be making that up, but it was around. <laughs> it was a shit ton of people, yeah. and that was one of my favorite parties ever. It was just such a vibe, and the level of production that they put into it was huge. And we got to play like that that real good slot where everybody's like, it was like I think like two a.m. Yeah, where everybody's just cooked. Everyone's fucked. And yeah. just, it was one of my favorite parties ever. Yeah. I swear to God, I was finding glitter in places like a year later. Like <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Everywhere. Just glitter everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some of my favorite sets have been in Sydney. Yeah. So with like World Bar and uh, Home. Yeah, Home. yeah. A few sets there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I love it there. Yeah. Um, I haven't done, I haven't done like Townsville and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, up north. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hot. Yeah, well, that's yeah. So I grew up in Cairns, so I'm used to the heat. Oh, like, I love the heat. No. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're in New Zealand, so you probably hate the heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, what do you got? Um, you're talking about that. There's a life outside of DJing. Mm-hmm. What's What's your life outside of DJing consist of? <laughs> what are you into? Is there anything that you love doing, or was it just all work? Uh, yeah, I work a lot. Yeah, but I, I think I learned that I that I love that. So yeah. I remember like. There was a moment where I quit a day job and I was just DJing for yeah. a good couple of years there. Yeah. And it always sounds like the ideal scenario, right? You're like, oh, man, yeah, I'm just going to quit my day job. As I've gotten older, I've learned that, like, I need the stability for Structure my mental well, health. Yeah. yeah, and it's not necessarily, like, I mean, obviously financial stability is always a great thing. Yeah. But it's not necessarily for that. It's just for, like, routine. Yeah. Because it got really easy to wake up late and not put pants on and spend <laughs> nine hours in a studio and not speak to anybody for like yeah. a week at a time. Yeah. And I kind of realized pretty quickly that that was bad for my mental health. Yeah. Um, so I do, I work a lot. Like I have like, I literally work like four jobs if you include DJing. Yeah. And then when your shot rolls around again, that'll be <laughs> yeah, an added one. one. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I do like marketing stuff. Yep. Marketing <laughs> stuff. It's be yeah. really broad yeah uh and kind of aha uh, not really many people know this yet but kind of been working on establishing my own business yeah. doing that kind of stuff so marketing 
yeah. the business stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I won't talk about it too much because it's all kind of in early stages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Something you want to do though, yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like my passion outside of music. Yeah. And I think that's because it is creative and it's... It's still related. Yeah, it's yeah. nerdy because it's all data. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so I guess that's what I do outside of music. Yeah. Have you studied any of that at all or is that all stuff you just learn? I just learn on the job. <laughs> yeah. Learn on the job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can learn anything nowadays, Dude. like, just online. Yeah. Right? And I am I have a really good, good partner that is very good, uh, yeah. like, business partner. Yeah. That's very, very, very experienced and good yeah. at it. So I'm just kind of learning as we go. Yeah. Running a business is kind of a whole thing. And, like, there's a lot of experience gained from working in the music industry. Um, and, you know, I've played my fair share of throwing events as well. Yeah. Which it's not really what, my what thing. What events have you... Uh, like not sorry events oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. um I remember some of them. yeah they were fun mm. they were like they were awesome but it's not my thing like and the it's logistics. a lot of work for like you know like really the a lot of the payoff isn't monetary wise a no. lot of the payoff is supporting the scene seeing people having a great time at the event and mm-hmm. like doing something cool it's like people think that you're like some of my family, they're like, oh, you know, you used to do events and that. Why don't you just throw events? You, like, make heaps of money. And I'm like, Mm-mm. oh, man, you have no idea. Like, There's so much work that goes into it. And I yeah. have a really big appreciation for people that, like, are good at it and yeah. do it all the time. Because, like, I really enjoyed the creative side and everybody does. And mm. they think that that is going to be what it is like is yeah. having somebody pay you to have your creative input into something. That side of it. Very fun. Yeah. But, like, outside of that, I'm just, I'm not that into, like, the whole, all the logistics side logistics, of it. Like, I don't want to yeah. run, I don't want to run an event. Yeah. Right? I'm not very good at it. I get very stressed very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And I'd much rather go and, you know, have a few drinks while I play a set. There's too many things to think about. Yeah. You know what and I mean? I'm a control freak. So yeah. I'm, like, constantly, like, is this going well? Is this going well? And people are like, calm down, Michaela. you got to delegate. you got to <laughs> They've got it sorted, yeah. Yeah, everything's going that, fine. Yeah. And, yeah. but, like, man, it was cool to have, like, a bit of a play in, like, trying to do something culturally. Because yeah. we, that event, the entire idea around that event was, like, meant to be, like, an all-inclusive kind of thing. Because, well, we have a lot of friends that, we have a lot of gay friends. And it, it kind of dawned on us one day that, uh the gay scene don't really love hanging out with the lesbian scene so much. Yeah, yeah. And as somebody that's, I've never really been like heavily involved in either scene. I was like, why is this a thing? And then somebody hit me up and was like, shoot, do you want us for a party? And we did. And it was like, uh, demo. So killer prints. Yeah. Yeah. And Katie and I, and we like threw a few really, really cool parties. Yeah. And the people that came like, they loved it. I'm pretty yeah. sure they did. They told us they did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, not my thing. Yeah. Like yeah. throwing events, not my thing. But loved it and learned so much about the other side of the industry. Yeah. Like, and so much of it is managing, like managing people. People. Yeah. Because it's like you can't do it all yourself, and you've got to trust people to delegate and that. Mm-hmm. But then you've got to stay on top of them and like, dude, and the politics. Yeah. So like. I feel like the second you start running events, you're on a different side of the politics. So, like, as a DJ, it's kind of, I feel like I've always tried to stay out of the politics. You have to make a conscious effort to stay out of it because you've got to go, no, I don't want a part of that. Yeah. Like, I don't care. 
Um, but the second that you start throwing events, you're like immediately competition in, in other people's eyes. Yeah. Um, and you're in the spotlight. You're thrown in the spotlight. So I think, yeah. oh, he's doing this. He thinks he can throw a better event than well, I yeah, yeah, and that's it. And people are like, oh, well, who do you think you are thinking you can do this better than me? Yeah. And it's like, and then I don't really, I don't want to borrow that. Yeah. Like, I'm just here to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's not why you got into it. No. Yeah. No. No. I don't have the stomach for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, going to bring the boats and hose back. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm thinking. You might be a sneaky alias boats and hose for your old, mu- for your music. Maybe you one day. <laughs> maybe one day. Yeah. But maybe there will be a new alias for my music. Well, oh, there we go. Yeah. Little, maybe. A little sneaky one in there. Yeah. Um, so, so what else have we got coming up? Any gigs that you got lined up? Are you excited about or anything like that? Uh, nothing worth mentioning yet, but there are a couple of things in the works. <laughs> yeah, sorting out some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still play every weekend, so if you want to come out and have, you know, yeah, a beer, I'm normally around. Yeah, it's your opposite where you're playing. Mm-hmm. What, um, what about your shot? When does your shot start again? I think you were saying it's like May. I want to say May, but normally yeah. the announcements come a bit earlier. Yeah. Um, and oh, and I'm expect, excited. You expect to be teaching again this year? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> like they've, I mean, they've See mentioned what they it. Say. Yeah. Well, they've mentioned it, but you never really know until it's like probably locked in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope so. Like, if not, I'll still be there. Like, yeah. doing as much as I can to help. Helping out. Being yeah. Involved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm really hoping that I can get like a few more classes of students as well. Yeah. But um, it's exciting because yeah, we've got a new. A new city. I don't know whether it's here or overseas. Yeah. I have my suspicions about where, but yeah. I won't say them in case yeah. they're right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. You leaked that. You shouldn't have said that. Right. Oh, no, getting, you're, yeah. not a, you're not a train anymore. Yeah, you can't um, train anymore. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know if I will be, but whoever they choose, like, they're always awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. Every, like, your shot is, like, my favorite time of year. Yeah. It's the biggest party of the year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I was watching all the stories this year and I was like, oh, man, I need to, I should have gone. Like, I always, yeah, I always think that, I always think that, like, I, I'm like, oh, no, I won't go do all this stuff. And then as soon as the day comes and you see, like, everyone excited, all these statuses, people, like, you know, their first gigs, and I'm like, oh, I should have gone. It would have been, like, because the energy, I've been to yeah. a couple before, and it's like, the energy, it's like the first day of school. Legit. There's, like, <laughs> this, and I think this is why people get hooked. Is there is just this like atmosphere about it, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of all like it's just all love, and people like there's like so much nervous energy. Yeah. Like every year, at least five people cry on me. Yeah. And it's not necessarily sad tears. Sometimes it's sad tears. Yeah. Um, but it's normally like just like pure adrenaline. Yeah. Like. Completely the, just did that. That was so oh, fun. Dude, <laughs> I live for it. Like. I absolutely live for it. It's my yeah. favorite thing because you just get to be a part of like. I'm sure you remember. I don't know if you remember like your first ever set. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just like something that you don't really get yeah. back. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah, but and the and the thing is that it's such a big like your shot, such a big event as well. Yeah. So you instantly get to play to such a big crowd. Yeah. Um, whereas some people's first gigs, there's like it's an open set somewhere oh, yeah. and there's no one there. You know, like, they're very lucky. Very lucky. But I'm absolutely going to hassle you to come to this one. I'll come for sure. Yeah. Has it changed the format over the years? Like when you entered and did it, mm. was it one day then or two days still? It was two days. Yeah. They kind of have just to. Just less. 
contestants? Um, no, no, there's more. Oh, no, sorry. there was less back in the day. Yeah. So yeah. the year I entered, there was about 70. Okay, yeah. Um, and then now I think there's about double. Yeah. I think there's about 150 You've also got the wild card, though. So that's, that's including the, yeah. the wild yeah. cards, yeah. So they have the silent disco that they do downstairs yeah. every year. Um, and that's always really cool as well because in a month of day of running around and listening to, you know, 100 new, generally new amateur DJs, yeah. it's nice to go downstairs and listen to some, like, experienced yeah. DJs. Yeah. Um, but, no, the format hasn't changed very much. Yeah. It's still two days, a 25 set. I had like twenty five minutes set, um, super high energy. But yeah. things get a little bit more elaborate every year. People get like new ideas about crazy shit that they can do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean in terms of contestants? Both. Or yeah. Both. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's an awesome day. It's so much fun. Yeah. It's honestly, it ends up being a big industry reunion as well now. Yeah. Everybody kind of gets involved, and all the different promoters tend to come out and scout out new artists and yeah. stuff like that so yeah it's good fun it's definitely good for that isn't it because like you can see people and like we said when you first start all your friends come out to your gigs yeah so you can <laughs> see whose friends are coming out to gigs and like oh yeah they'll come they'll bring a little bit of a crew and stuff yeah, yeah. whereas now it's like oh please come i haven't seen you in months you should come out and have a drink there's um a lot of drinks and every year there's like every year a judge gets cut off from the bar yeah yeah it's it's so good. Yeah. Every year we're all, like, putting bets on who we think is going to get cut yeah. off on the bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that. Mm-hmm. I reckon it wouldn't be too hard to pick sometimes either. No. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one year, I've got a video of uh, Dippy vomiting in a bush at your <laughs> shot because he went too hard on the Saturday and couldn't back it up on the Sunday. Yeah. Actually, that's a lie. I'm pretty sure he still backed it up on the Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's... um. Like it goes. When does it start now? On like on Saturday. When does it start and then finish on Saturday and start? On... Oh, it starts at so, midday. Yeah. And it finishes around ten. Ten each day, yeah. and that's including headliners. So last year was the first year that they splurged on some big headliners. Yeah. So we had Ghastly yeah. in Brisbane, and um, yeah, it's it's it was crazy. He had a really good time as well. Apparently, there's like we we tried to get him, you know, drunk. Uh, um, yeah. but uh, all these like all the headliners t- tend to really enjoy it as well because I'm not sure that there are many other things like it out there yeah so it's and again cool. it's that energy of like people you know new and all their friends they're excited to see them play the first time mm-hmm. like I always tell people to have two days off after two days off yeah because yeah. you need a day to recover from like your physical hangover and then you need a day to recover from your mental hangover yeah yeah <laughs> from the emotional high that you get mm-hmm. it's like oh no now it's now it's back to my normal life yeah <laughs> literally yeah i gotta find out how i can dj full-time now <laughs> yeah. oh post your shot depression is a real thing yeah um last year we started teaming up with a mental health charity yeah yeah don't ask me which one because i forgot yeah but um I think we got involved with like some studies with them or something like that, yeah, which cool. is pretty cool. I'd like to know more about that this year. Hopefully they'll do that again this year. Yeah, that's cool. Because there it is a real, you know, pretty serious thing in this industry. Yeah, of course. I always try to talk about that as well. Like you're going to get out of this experience, which is very like high energy and yeah. adrenaline like fueled and, and you're going to need to like take a moment yeah. yeah. I mean, even if you keep doing it, like even if you were to win and keep doing gigs and stuff, you know, you might get an open set 
somewhere mm-hmm. and it's like there's no one there. It's like, oh, this is so different to what I'm, you know, what I played in my life. At, at your shot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, totally and there's, different experience. Yeah, and it's really easy to burn out in this industry um, yeah. and, like, it just needs to be talked about. Like, yeah. people need to be kind of taught how to handle it, I guess, or look yeah. out for it. Because um, before we were recording, we were talking about, like, how we've learned how to, like, take a step back and, like, yeah. give ourselves a moment. Because mm. I feel like, I don't know about you, but when I started, like, I was not very good at that at all. Yeah. And I you was, just like. just want to do it all and yeah. go to everything and yeah. be out all the time. Was, yeah. You just burn out and mm. you crash hard. Like I said, I think before the podcast, I said, you got to pick your battles. Yeah. you got to choose when you have your big night or I'll just go out for a drink or mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to go out for a drink tonight because I know that I'll, I'll end up at 3 a.m. on the dance floor going, yeah. what am I doing here? I wasn't meant to come out. I've got stuff to do tomorrow. Like, And learning how to um, DJ sober can be a challenge at the beginning mm, if you yeah. never did it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, because it's really easy to, like, get drunk every weekend when the drinks are free. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you realise that you haven't, Played, like I have so many friends that I've talked to about this yeah. and they're like yeah no I can't DJ sober I've got to like yeah. try and retrain myself to do it so yeah it's gonna look after yourself mm. and your friends definitely DJ sober but it's always more fun with a drink <laughs> one or two drinks just the two the two oh, drinks two, yeah you don't have to be sloshed no but the two drink buzz yeah yeah where you're like your your nerves are gone if there were any and yeah. your like inhibitions are just kind of like yeah, yeah. Sometimes I just like to have a beer for in between when I'm not doing when I'm actually not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like you've got you've got the next track sorted, and I'll, you know, it's like oh, have a sip. Like I'll be the first something to break up. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll be the first to admit that I used to, I used to play open sets at Ohio a lot. Yeah, um, that was kind of like my jam. But um, I used to start sober and end drunk sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I find I can drink quicker when I'm DJing because you get thirsty, and if there's no water next to you, you're just going to drink whatever people keep handing you from the bar. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, and it's like I feel like I need my hands to be doing something, and if I've got nothing to do on the decks, yeah, I'm just like just, just going to pretend to push buttons have a sip. like people do. <laughs> yeah, isn't that sure. all we do? Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Well, thanks for coming in. Um, we've tried to sort of sort this out a little bit for a, a few sort of times. So long. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's good to talk because, like I said, I, I like that that Red Bull industry party, like it's like burnt into my memory because of how much fun it was and because I'd sort of just moved here as well and so I was meeting a lot of industry people. Yeah. And then that next day of waking up and I felt like I was dying. I think I called my mum. I was like at a mate's place and I was like, Mum. Can you pick me up? I feel like I'm going to (laughs) die. I feel so dehydrated. Yeah, so. They've got to bring that back. Yeah, they should. Um, We... Yeah, I know a few Red Bull reps. Let's, uh, let's, yeah, and if, let's if any that. of them are listening to if this you're podcast, listening, let's sort it out. Bring back the Good Friday parties. Because I remember when you used to do those blah, blah, blah events too. We just get cases of Red Bull for free, like mm. for, for the artists and yeah, stuff. Yeah, of course. But I'd end up with like a case of Red Bull afterwards, just like at home for months, just like good old Red Bull. Dangerous. All right, well, um, where can we find you online? What uh, like what's your socials and stuff like that? Yeah. What, what's the best place to to follow you and stay up to date? Probably Instagram at Insta. Mickey Blue Music. Mickey Blue Music. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty bad at using it. Admittedly, <laughs> I never really yeah. got into it. 
But also, yeah, Facebook, Mickey Blue, uh, yeah. SoundCloud, Mickey Blue. So it's just Mickey Blue. Mickey Blue, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. 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 Also, like, if like anybody's out, hit me up for, yeah, yeah. for a beer. For I catch up and say, yeah, I need yeah. pals when I'm playing. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and go out and check out that, uh, that, that first set is Boats and Hose. Oh, no. Just search for Boats and Hose. I'm going to delete online. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to find it. And then I'll upload it somewhere so that you can't do it. It'll be there for a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, if you see Mickey out or going to go play anywhere, see yeah. that you're playing somewhere, go say hey. And, Thanks yeah. for having me. Good. Finally. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, cool. Cheers. Cheers. Bang. There we go. Another one in the books, guys. Thank you to Mickey for coming on the show, um, sharing her insights about everything in the industry, where it's come to where it is now. I uh, really enjoyed this one, and there's some great information out there for so many people um, in the industry. If you want to check out Mickey Blue on all of her socials, just look up Mickey Blue Music. Uh, pretty easy to find there. That's across all platforms. Make sure you go check out a gig if she's playing anywhere soon, like we spoke about. Nothing um, in particular on the books um, but you know, I'm sure there'll be something that comes up pretty soon for Mickey and I'm sure that you'll be able to go out and check one of her sets soon. Make sure you follow me on all platforms at Boy King Koi. Head over to the website, abeerwith.com. Check out uh, everything that's there. It's got links to all my socials, all my music, everything I do, as well as stuff about the podcast uh, and all the places you can listen to the podcast. So if you want to send anyone to have a look uh, at the podcast or the show, make sure you just send them to the website, abeerwith.com. Super easy to find there, uh, and they'll have no troubles finding where that they can listen on their favorite platform from there. Um, yeah, and, and get the word out there for us. Next week, we have Odd Mob on the show, so it was a really great chat. So good to sit down with Harry uh, and talk about everything. Um, forgot to talk, forgot to ask him about um, the States because he did a US tour last year. Uh, so that's something that I sort of forgot about. Um, hopefully, we can have another chat some other time and we can go further into that kind of stuff. But um, it's a really great episode. I think you guys are going to love it. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned for that one next week. Alright guys, that's it for this one. I hope you're having a great day or night, wherever you are, and I'll see you guys soon for the next episode.